Hey guys, I'm Danny. And I'm EJ. And this is the Your Living Proof Podcast. Where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family, from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. What up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Your Living Proof Podcast. What's up, Blondie? I'm freezing. I'm tired of third winter. I know. And you have this big hoodie on, but you're still looking so good. You know what? I do have a big hoodie on. Oh. And it's a new one. It is. Everybody wants one, I promise, because I just finally got the color that I wanted, and we ordered new hoodies for Living Proof, and they are actually really, really cool yeah they are right across the front it says our secrets keep us sick but when you wear it i don't know if anyone's reading that like yeah they they're are. just looking everyone right at is, you i wouldn't reading. even have read it and i knew what it said anywho no it's all good we're really excited to be with you guys today um we hope you've enjoyed the last couple episodes that we've done before we get started i just want to i just want to chime in on our workshops right we've touched yes. on these before but they've actually developed into something amazing And if you've heard about it before, you're hearing for it for the first time, you know, they are an incredible environment. Our, our dear friend Smith Alley Mm -hmm. and us put together these workshops and it's really cool. It's called raising kids in combat. The sole purpose is bringing like-minded parents together, right? Yep. It's an event where of course, Smith and I do some funny things. We embarrass ourselves. We bear our hearts and souls, but we talk about a lot of difficult things, um, talking about navigating through technology safely, having um, difficult conversations with your kids, creating safe places so that you can, you know, eliminate secrets, which inevitably keep people sick and fuel addiction. But it's an awesome event where people can just come and learn how to be ahead of the game. Yeah. Right. All I see all week long, and this was a tough week, there was a, a sweet family that reached out to me. Their son's having some incredible problems. Like, it's a very tricky situation. They not only have a substance abuse problem, but they also have suicidal behavior. It, it's, it's heavy. At an age when you shouldn't be worrying about anything other than maybe what you're doing this weekend or playing with your friends. Yeah. The unfortunate part was helping them and then getting a call the next day that says, hey, we're so-and-so. It was a mother and father. We're the next door neighbors yeah. of family X that has just started working with you. That same day, even hours later, a call from another mother. Hey, my dear friend that lives in my neighborhood told me she's helping you. And it just kind of kept going. Yeah. And it made me really sad because all of these issues are different, right? Different people, different situations, but it all stems from the same thing. Right. And that's families that are just getting run right over the top of instead of learning what they can do to prevent these things from getting to this point. Yeah. Because inevitably your kid's going to see porn. Sorry. They are. They're going to see it. They're going to see it in some form or another. They're going to be introduced to this. They're going to probably hit a vape pen once in their life. They're probably going to be exposed to things this week that you never saw in your life. Yeah. So we've got to get ahead of the game. And that's what these workshops are, is to help people get ahead so they stop playing defense and constantly reacting to all these threats. And really it's about um, getting in the right headspace, right? Like in my mind, (laughs) it's kind of like, when COVID hit and everybody was like, okay, everybody's going to be safe. If you just put on a mask, just everybody wear a mask (laughs) and then we're going to be good. Scrambling to make sense of it. Just, yeah. And I'm like, okay, but it didn't work. And you had a bunch of kids, you know, all of our kids are in elementary school. So putting masks on them was like the biggest joke ever. 
Like it made people feel good for a moment. And then you realized how absolutely ludicrous it was because there was nothing that was going to prevent them from, you know, having to take off the mask. Pulling off their mask and picking their nose and eating their (laughs) booger. Yeah. And so you just realize, okay, well, I, then I have to do other things like, you know, when they get home, we'll just talk about what do we do when we get sick? <laughs> like, yeah. How do we deal with being sick? That's just part of life and it's okay and we'll heal and it's okay to not feel good for a little bit. And so it's just kind of funny, like the journey you go on as a parent, um, as, you, as you're learning about the things that your kids are exposed to and what's going on, the whole idea of, of being able to just completely prevent them from being exposed to things is just a joke. You just have to let go of it. It's yeah. never going to happen. It is. It's and the so, truth. I just also one thing, and I, then I want you to introduce yeah. our thing for today. The common theme with all of these parents, these mothers, is this. While back there were signs, there were things that happened that caused alarm, concern. But everyone's fearful for some reason to act, right? Like we're fearful of upsetting them more, making the problem worse. We're just fearful of even addressing the issue. If there is anything that you are fearful of right now, maybe you are extremely out of shape, overweight, Maybe you're fearful to tell someone about someone who hurt you or someone who abused you. Maybe you're, you're fearful of approaching your spouse when you know that they have a problem with something. Whatever it is, if it's yours, if it's someone else's, and it's something that you fear, think about this. Think about being in the same exact position you are now six months or 12 months from now. Yeah. And one thing I can promise, whether it's eating disorders, pornography, substances, that's going to progress. Okay. Addictions, bad habits, whatever you even want to call them to make yourself feel better is the fact is that they progress. They get worse. Yeah. So the problem is going to get worse. And then here you are six, 12 months down the road in the same position. When you really focus on that, it's incredible because if there's something you fear, fear being in the same position you are a year from now doing nothing about it. Yeah. Absolutely. If you try and you fail, if you do it and it doesn't work out the way you want, at least you tried. Yeah. And I just think if more and more as I'm involved with these families, gosh, if, if anyone else could hear anything, it's that's when you know something's wrong, let's do something about it. Let's try. Let's go down swinging. Yep. So, I love it. Yeah. I love it. So if you are interested in the workshops, please uh, hit our website up. Um, look at our Instagram. We have ever, all the information you need. DM us, whatever. Come on May 7th if you're in Utah. If you're not in Utah, let us know how we can get the workshop to you because we would love to bring it. Um, okay. Now I am taking over the podcast for a minute and I don't even know if, you know, Danny is completely aware of where I'm at right now, but I'm going to talk about a subject. You're right in front of me in my heart. I know, but my head space. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to talk about, um, a topic that is very interesting to me and, and it is loneliness. Okay. Loneliness. And I think, I think a lot of people think, well, hold up before we get started. Oh, okay. I don't ever know where your head's at. That's okay. That's why it's, I don't think any man ever really knows where his woman's head's at. You know, what's fun about that? You don't know whether (laughs) to be scared or excited. I mean, it is for all you brothers out there. (laughs) Listen, it's on a daily. You're like, what am I going to get? Yeah. You never know. So I just want to clear the air real quick. I love this topic. I knew what you're talking about. Okay, good. But I never know where your head's at. Okay, okay. well, now, okay. So loneliness, we're all in together. Yep. Okay, um, so loneliness is interesting to me because I think a lot of people think 
well, there's no way anybody could be lonely because we're surrounded by people all the time. Um, or really, it's like we're so connected. We're the most connected society that has ever lived on Earth. So oh, my how gosh. Anybody. You can DM, Zoom, Face Chat, double, I mean, double tap, like, comment, subscribe. You yeah, can go I mean, live. You can FaceTime. It's cool because I can FaceTime my aunt that lives, lives in Switzerland. And that that's cool. It connects us. And it is awesome. But it is a plague of our generation. And I like exploring that and knowing that it just really wasn't a thing for our parents or their parents. This is a new thing for us to feel lonely. In fact, pre-COVID, there was a study done for adults in the United States and three out of five adults reported feeling lonely. That was before COVID. <laughs> so I can only imagine what the studies would say now. But um, I just, I also think then you have to shift it to our our children. And I don't think that they even quite know how to articulate that feeling of loneliness. Yeah. Um, just because their brains aren't developed that well, so they don't even know how to articulate it. But, um, but we're, we're, we're all doing it together. We're all kind of in this, this experiment together. And I look at the way social media has affected us in that way where we all feel like we're constantly connecting with each other, but yet we have these lives that are not online that have all sorts of intimate moments, right? I mean, like the ones you're talking about where you're like in isolation because you're dealing with some painful experience inside of your own family. Sure. But that's never really out there on social media. And so I think about our kids and what they're having to bear during these times as they're growing up in an age where they don't know th their frame of reference is that social media has always been a thing, right? Yep. It's always It is been, crazy to think there was never before. There were, yeah, nothing to compare it to. But yet they're looking to us as their parents or mentors as like people to guide them. And we really don't have a lot of answers because we're experiencing the same thing. Well, yeah. But, and even when time. we were younger, we were seeking approval. You know, we were seeking exactly. like people. We wanted to impress people. Yeah. Everyone wants to have some attention in one way or another. Sure. And it was different. Cause you know, you would do certain things you could perform, you could, you know, whether it was in sports or just anything that you did, maybe even what you wore to school, hoping to get some attention. Yeah. Now right. it's based off one thing and one thing only. Yeah. You post something. How many likes did you get? How many likes? How many, how many mean comments? How do I, how do I deal with somebody saying something really mean on social media? I mean, as a child, that's that's happening nonstop with the like teenagers, even early twenties. That's just like part of their life, and they they have no guidance there, right? <laughs> like us as parents, we're trying to figure out how do we how are we balancing this? Like how does it affect us? And so, the bottom line is is as I think about it, I think it creates this perfect storm for loneliness to creep into all of our lives. My definition for loneliness is when I'm not being honest and open with my people. 
I could have, I could make an amazing post online and have 500 people like it and share it and whatever. And that's great, but none of them know what I'm dealing with at home, right? Correct. What, what I'm dealing with one-on-one. And if I can't be open with my spouse or with my people that are in my inner circle about what I'm dealing with, I feel lonely yeah. because I'm with them yet. I'm holding something back. Yeah, you're that's not. That's not allowing them to really know me. Yep. And if you think about that, that is what every kid is dealing with right now. Like, Well, and we're all guilty. I'll tell you right now, how many times are you together? I don't care if it's after dinner, before bed, on a Saturday afternoon. We're together and a child looks up and what is everybody doing? Right. They're on their phone. Looking down. Yep. Not looking at them. Yep. But so that teaches them, well, I must need to do that. Like that must be a thing that I need to model because that's what I see. Um, But also it's just hard to describe that feeling of being in a house full. I'll never forget when I was going through a really difficult time in my life and I I went home and there was a house full at my house because there's a million of us. (laughs) And, you know, it was all my sisters, all the spouses, all the cousins And I went into the garage to get a Diet Coke out of the fridge in the garage and I burst into tears. And I was like, why am I feeling like this? Like, what is going on? I'm I'm finally at home. I haven't been home in so long. I'm just, it was so overwhelming to me. And it was because I I wanted to feel a certain way when I was at home with my family who I knew loved me. But I was holding back, letting them know that inside, actually being around them was painful because I felt like an outsider. Oh, and let me on that note, I, I, I've had to s- share the same thing with a majority of the mothers I've worked with. Their loved one, however far down the road in addiction they are, they could be at the very beginning stages. They could be in the middle of the road, whatever. Your loved one, not wanting to be around their siblings, not wanting to be around family functions, not wanting to have anything to do with you or your spouse is painful. Yes. And I have to constantly remind them that that all that is, is that their child or their, their loved one's inability to feel okay. Yeah. Because they actually feel the more polarizing loneliness Yes, when they are with them. Yes. Because they're with them and it makes them even feel worse. Yes. And it's really difficult to ar- articulate that in the moment. Like it just is. Yeah. It's, it's a really, it's a deeply sad place to be. And it just kind of opens the door to all sorts of, of dark feelings um, and just darkness in general. And I think where we're missing the whole point is when that is happening right now and in life, there are endless ways to fill that void. Oh, for sure. And, and as an adult, you know, I, I I was in my, in my late twenties when I was feeling this, I had some I had some pretty good coping skills at that time. So I didn't want to just, my default was not, uh, I'm going to go end my life or I'm going to go drink until I pass out because I had learned how to cope better. 
But I, I'm, I'm sorry to say that that is not the case for 12-year-olds and even 19-year-olds, 22-year-olds. 20, They're still figuring out how do I navigate this feeling. And if that's when Satan has the perfect opportunity to introduce porn. Oh, he does. He takes you when you're lonely, tired. Yep. It's, it's that, it's that perfect scenario. And so I, I just want to talk about this because as, as parents, as friends, as, as people who, who deeply love those around them, I think this is something that we really need to get better at. And that is identifying those feelings. Well, a dozen times in the last two months, I've worked with a young man who at some point had either attempted or contemplated taking his own life. Right. The same story every time. They felt like no one cared about them. They didn't have anyone who loved them. They didn't have any good friends. Meanwhile, everybody else is looking at them going, you're awesome. Your life's yeah. amazing. You're, you're a stud. Like Everyone wants to be like you. So it's also really dangerous because a person can feel that. But being aware of your loved ones around you, who is actually feeling lonely? They could look like everything's okay. Yeah. Oh, they will look like everything's okay until things are really not okay. And, and you know, it's a, it's a sad topic. So we don't want to dwell on this side. We want to talk about how to be resilient, where, to, where it comes from. But to understand which how your loved ones are with this and if they are experiencing this is staying connected. Absolutely. Staying connected in an authentic way. Yes. Eye to eye, doing things that you love and enjoy doing together, having a safe place where you can talk about difficult things. Yes. All of that. Well, being seen and not heard doesn't allow you to be in relationship. Okay. Like you can exist within your household and be seen and yep, I'm going through the motions. I'm doing all the stuff. But if you're holding something back, something that's painful, something that maybe you did that you're ashamed about, some feeling that you have, it does not allow you to connect and be in relationship with anyone. Right. And so again more loneliness comes, more isolation comes. And so I just, I just think it's really important as, as a community that we, we really embrace this. And this is, this goes back to our mantra, which is our secrets keep us sick. So if we can really embrace that and bring that concept into our, into our lives and, and let our kids know, you know what, even if you are the most popular kid at school, you can still have a bad day and come home and feel lonely and that's okay. Well, in my own life, like once in a while and even saying it out loud here on, on the show is a bit embarrassing, but there's once in a while where I wake up and I feel this un, unwanted feeling kind of like a fog, like I kind of feel depressed yep. and even saying that word makes me feel weak. So let's just get over it. But it's amazing when I tell you, yeah, Hey, I don't know why, but gosh, I feel this way. It's just want it to go away. It's amazing how just talking and sharing that with someone instead of holding it inside, right. it doesn't solve all of it, but it definitely diffuses the problem. Well, it doesn't allow you to sit in it by yourself. Correct. And, and that's been a huge part of our marriage. And I'll, I will, I will say that there have been times where I have felt very lonely and isolated within our marriage when we were dealing with really difficult things. And that is a terrible feeling. But as we heal and as we create new habits, that is the quickest way to nip that in the bud and not let it fester. It's just to say, you know what, today I kind of feel out of my body. I don't even know why, <laughs> but watch out because I, this is how I feel and I need to feel close to you, even though I don't even want to be close to you. <laughs> and, 
and just embrace it, yeah. right? Talk about it. So anyway, I just want to say that there are animals, and I, I love animals, so this touches my heart, but there are animals in the animal kingdom that die of loneliness. There are. There are, there are many bunnies, elephants. Um, there are even some breeds of dogs that require companionship. And humans die of loneliness. And the reason why that is so sad is because humans can talk. We have the ability to communicate and open our mouths and say what's hurting. And I don't know why that becomes such a difficult thing when we're in pain to do, but it is the hinge point between being resilient and moving forward and moving backwards and further into the darkness is having even one person that we form a relationship with, a true relationship with, and don't hold anything back. It is. It's powerful. Where we fail the most is in our own families. Oh, absolutely. We're really good doing it with your gym buddy or your friend from this or your girlfriend from book club, your neighbor. But we fail when it's our family because we're like scared to go to that place. We're scared to know they're hurting or we're scared to disappoint someone in our family. Mm -hmm. So it, it's really, it truly is tragic because at the root of all addiction, everyone who's in recovery, and I get to fortunately spend a good half of my time mentoring people in recovery. And that is the key principle. Number one, first and foremost, they have to, if they want any chance, they're going to have to develop some understanding of God. Yes. A power greater than themselves. Cause that's it. If you don't, if you don't do that, you have no hope that's going to help yes. them to not feel lonely because it teaches them who they are. Absolutely. But then it's finding someone and trusting someone that you are willing to talk about and share these things with because they are burdened by loneliness. Every single addiction, pornography, especially even people with eating yeah. addictions, drugs, alcohol, eventually it takes you to a place of complete and total isolation. Yep. And I'll tell you right now, at the end of my addiction, being cooped up in my place all the time alone, when you know, all the all the blinds closed, up all night, paranoid, paranoid, wondering what's going on. I still lived in the world and society. I could go to the gas station or leave my house whenever I wanted, but I felt lonelier in that situation than I did when I was locked up in jail. Mm-hmm. It was a completely different feeling because in jail, I was, you know, I was sad and it was difficult. But when my addiction had a hold of me in my home and I was paranoid by myself, that was, that loneliness that was, was loneliness. worse. Yeah, absolutely. So if we're going to give you one thing you could do, right? What can I do when I feel this way? My, my number one go-to is do not do what you feel like doing. It's incredible because I think our our culture tells us, you know what, when you're feeling down and when you're just overwhelmed and you're you're lonely and out of sorts, just lay in bed, binge Netflix, <laughs> make a thing of cookie dough and eat it and put silence on your phone notifications. And just, just do whatever feels good. Just do whatever feels Distract good. Distract yourself somewhere. Distract another. yourself. Maybe you just are on your phone all day scrolling and then what happens, right? But the point is, is that none of that works. None of it re-energizes your soul. None of it works. 
it all makes it worse. So if you become more healthy and more rested when you do what you don't feel like doing. Yeah, so when get up and go. push yourself outside of that and you do get up and you you go to the gym. One of the you, top three things that helped me get out of my addiction was a, a rigorous gym routine. It yes. was moving my body, whether I wanted to or not. It was one of the most important parts. It Re really was. Yeah, resilience it, is self-discipline, and you were you mastered that. And I'll add one more, and that is, well, I actually got two, but the other one is finding someone you trust. People call it a mentor, a sponsor, someone. Find someone you trust that you can talk to. Let it all out. Get it all out there. Yep. That will help set you free. And three is... I say this phrase to everyone I work with, and it's really hard to understand the difference for them at this point, but those who recover and heal are those who do what's required rather than what they feel like doing. Yes, and I love that you brought this up because Danny does a, a lot of mentoring, and I don't think a lot of people know that, um, but take note of that. He mentors a lot of people after they've completed their program and they're, and they're working towards rebuilding their life. He is an amazing mentor. And that phrase is one that I hear him say over and over again. And it, it could not be more true. It is just pure truth. Say it again. Yeah. Those who heal and recover, those who do what's required rather than what they feel like. Yeah. Because often what we feel like is not enough. Yeah. Uh -uh. So you're capable of a lot more. Do you have anything else to share? Well, I just, I was going to read something and it says, God says in your moment. So just imagine God saying this to you. Okay. In your moments of pain, control yourself and turn to me. Many people turn to alcohol, drugs, bad behaviors, and sexual behaviors. I am here for you, and I love you. Yeah. What if more people really believed that? What if that was your truth that you leaned on? Well, it would help people from making the most permanent thing in their life, these temporary solutions. Yeah. Drive forward, push forward. Stop holding secrets in. Stop being fearful of where you're at now. Think about a year down the road, six months down the road. Well, because the truth is all of us are going to feel lonely. And that's not the problem. The problem is what do we do when we feel lonely? Yeah. Do we give in? Do we watch porn? Do we develop a, a really poor coping skill that turns into an addiction? Or do we reach out to the one person maybe one person that we feel like we could talk to. Yep. I met with a young man last night and he said, man, you've been, you've been clean for a long time. It must be real different now. And I said, you know, the greatest thing that it's given me, I, yes, I have a family. I have a relationship with my heavenly father, but most importantly, it's given me my freedom. Mm -hmm. I don't wake up and need anyone or anything to make me feel whole. I just am because I know who I am. I know where I've come from. I know my identity and it's given me that freedom. So I love that so much and it couldn't be more true. So before we go, I want I'm going to read one thing that we posted on Instagram, I think last week. So if you're not following us on Instagram, just you go ahead and do that at your yeah. proof. Listen, you can, you can be a little bit better. You can stand a little taller. You can love a little deeper. You can pick a different path. You can walk a different walk. You can find forgiveness and joy. You can become your best self because he gave you his, he gave his life. You can change yours and it's possible. It's possible for every one of us. So, but it's not possible alone. 
don't allow loneliness to seek into your home. Talk about it, expose it, look each other in the eye, make those real connections so that it does not shove people down that dark path. That's right. And when you see somebody withdrawing, know that that loneliness is the root of it. And any poor behavior that is demonstrated because of it is just because they're not sure how to cope with that feeling. So be the person that stays and listens and loves and see what happens because it's it's such a beautiful journey to take with your children and just with the other people in your life. We'll set you free. It will. Thanks for joining us, you guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>